with men really, I mean, we all as humans love vulnerability and honesty, but we also don't want to polish over. It's tough. And um, so, so there's sort of t- there's two competing forces that we often play with on the fatherhood, and that's the gritty, real day-to-day grind. And it's tough balancing work and home life and relationships, and it's not easy. It's pretty complicated out there, and we're all struggling to get to the end of the day and feel pretty exhausted. So we want to tell that really honestly and also at the same time celebrate this great opportunity that we've got of dads today to be so much broader than our fathers were and so much more involved in our kids' lives. So we've got this huge opportunity to be really involved, which is awesome. Hello and welcome to The Dad Train, where we explore ideas and strategies on how to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm your host, Scott Davison. I hope you enjoy this episode and learn something new. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dad Train Podcast. Today I'm chatting with Jeremy McVean, who's the co-founder and director of an online community and a website called thefatherhood.com. We'll find a bit more about what that's about today. Jeremy, welcome to the Dad Train. Thank you. Great to be aboard. <laughs> uh, now, I want to confess I made Jeremy wait for this one. I had um, uh, double booked and I'd uh, forgotten the appointment. So, firstly, Jeremy, thanks for your appreci- uh, thanks for your patience uh, and, and for hanging in there to get to this interview. It's a pleasure, Scott. It's actually nice to have a bit of quiet time, I've got to say. Yeah, it <laughs> Ten is. Ten minutes to myself to just have some quiet time was much appreciated. Thank you. <laughs> Spoken like a father of three. So, Jeremy, maybe... Um, Maybe we start with um, the fatherhood, uh, the story behind thefatherhood.com, just to give people context of what that um, what that website's all about and how that came about. Yeah, for sure. It, it all happened fairly organically, actually. It's myself and the other two dads behind the fatherhood was um, Luke and Andrew. We were all colleagues working together on different projects um, uh, and talking about our lives as dads. We'd sort of start meetings and phone calls with, g'day, mate. How's it going? What's going on at home? <laughs> kind of stuff and um, and found that really beneficial, the three mm. of us, you know, sharing these kind of get much sleep or, you know, how's this going? And we're all um, media people in our backgrounds. Uh, Luke used to be the editor of uh, Men's Health magazine for about a decade. Andrew used to write for GQ magazine and mm-hmm. I've worked at, uh, in media businesses. And so we started thinking, well, maybe we it'd be great. It wouldn't be great if there was a like others, like what the work that you're doing here, some some places where these conversations were had more broadly. Uh, so dads are sharing stories and um, and supporting each other. And looking at the media landscape at the time, we looked around and thought, well, there's Mamma Mia, Essential Baby, Essential Kids, um, Babyology. A lot of these sort of parenting blogs and websites tend to be mum-focused. Mm. And we know now that dads are far more involved this generation than previously, like mm. spend three times as many hours with their kids in this generation than our dads did. Well, where's the voice for that? And so we decided to create it. So yeah, it happened really quickly, just organically from the need that we saw, and we thought it'd be a bit of fun to do and could help some dads in the process. Okay. And how long ago was that, Jeremy? That was eighteen months ago, maybe a little yep. over that. Um, and yeah, so the website started at the father hoodcom That's where it all began for us. Um, and there's a book also, Murdoch Books saw what we were doing and. 
you know, there's a lot of conversation about changing gender roles and the, mm. the rise of the hands-on dad. And so they um, they asked us to write a book for Father's Day, uh, which was fantastic. Um, really enjoyed doing that process. And again, that book was a real pat on the back. It's called the sub. It's called the Fatherhood, and the subhead is inspiration for the new dad generation. So looking to give dads that are listening to this kind of the kind of dads that are listening to this podcast a pat on the back and saying, "Good on you, mate. Um, you're doing a good job. You're you're rolling the sleeves up. You're having a crack." None of us, it's a bit of a mess out there. None of us know what success looks like. We're having a good hard crack at doing our best. And um, so that's what the book was all about. Yeah, cool. And that's, I mean, that's definitely the sort of uh, vibe of the website as well. I've been following you. I've, I've actually thought I've been around longer than that. So I've probably um, been following almost since then. And the, 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 there's a wide range of stories you put on there, but a lot of them have that sort of um, uh, self-deprecating sort of approach of, um, you know, we're all doing our best, but, you know, sometimes we mess up. Is is that kind of a deliberate um, theme or is that just sort of evolved as the um, the voice? Yeah, I think that de- what's deliberate is the honesty. So they're kind of with men really, I mean, we all as humans love vulnerability and honesty, but we also don't want to polish over. It's tough. And um, so it, so there's sort of t- there's two competing forces that we often play with on the fatherhood, and that's the gritty, real day to day grind, and it's tough balancing work and home life and relationships, and it's not easy. It's pretty complicated out there, and we're all struggling to get to the end of the day and feel pretty exhausted. So we want to tell that really honestly, and also at the same time celebrate this great opportunity that we've got of dads today to be so much broader than our fathers were and so much more involved in our kids' lives. So we've got this huge opportunity to be really involved, which is awesome. So that's a real kind of positive story and um, and so balance that with the grid of, yeah, but, yeah, it's great. We've got this great opportunity, but, jeepers, it's complicated. <laughs> and, yeah. um, we're all making it up, um, yeah. Yeah. making some mistakes on the way. Yeah. And, and how's the um, website going? How's it sort of evolved over those 18 months? Uh, it's going really well. So the feedback we get is um, just so positive. Like people, are, they respond so well to the, t- to the telling of this change that's going on ar- around us. And for me, it's really captured. There's a story that's in the book. Um, the guy... The cartoon series that just about any parent would know, Bluey. Um, the guy that created that is a guy called Joe Brahm, and Luke a- interviewed him for the book. And he tells this really, well, Luke went to me and said, look, a lot of characters, dad characters in TV have been buffoons. You look around, you see the pe- Daddy Pig, Pepper's dad, Homer Simpson. There's lots of sort of cartoon character dads that are buffoons, a bit hopeless. Bit useless. Uh, the, the Family Guy. What's what's his name? He's uh, yeah, he's him. Pete. On the same cloth. <laughs> yeah. So there's that kind of stereotypical buffoon yeah. dad. And so Luke asked um, Joe, "Look, when you created Bandit, there's Bluey's dad, and he's so great and involved with kids. We're trying to kind of um, rally against that media portrayal of men and dads." And he had this fantastic answer. And he was, "No, not at all. I, I was just watching what was going on around me." Mm. And uh, Bandit was created by observation of looking mm. at my mates and their kids and how they brought them up. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's um, yeah, that's that's where, where the where the website's really gone is is sort of telling stories that we see around us um, and what we're living. And that's one thing that we think makes our perspective on the fatherhood pretty interesting. Is the three of us are neck deep in children and <laughs> making it up every day, and they're they're they stories from the front line. Yeah, no, you do. Yeah, I mean, you do see it. I was. Um 
out the other day. We've we've got our youngest is uh, four months old, so you know she's uh, she's in the baby Bjorn um, on mm. the front, and um, I was walking our. Uh, two nearly three-year-old toddler so you know out with the two kids which is something my wife does all the time right so it's it's not unusual to see a a mum doing that but you know once upon a time it was probably unusual to see a man doing that but I passed two or three other dads um either you know the same um situation and sort of give that knowing nod um so it, it is becoming more common um do you find when you're out with your kids, um, do you think it's it, it it's just accepted, or do you still sort of get people sort of going, "Hey, that's um that's something different, or that's something special"? Yeah, there's a, it's it's a really well put, Scott. There's there's a change happening out there. So, mm. um, and Steve Bedolf that is highly celebrated. He talks about it when he went out with his kids in a pram, he used to get picked on. And mm. so in one generation, it's got to the point that you've got that experience where you do the nod mm. uh, to the dads out there in the similar scenario. So that's much more common, but gee, it could be more common. It could, we could, so it is still what's still somewhat remarkable mm. that, um, that, 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 that that's the case. Or there'd be a dad at the, at school pickups or, at, you know, the, you know, music lessons with the kids when they're four, all that sort of stuff. It's still dominated by not dominated. It's 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 a there's less dads and mums in that kind of mm. a room. Um, so there's a huge change that's happening that we're making sense of everyone, mums, dads, kids, the whole lot. Um, mm. But it still does swing a little bit away from dads in terms of involvement. But gee, this change is exciting. And mm. um, and one thing that I'm really excited about right now, I mean, COVID's been terrible for so, for so many reasons and still is and continues to impact people in such a terrible way. One thing it's done off the back of it is massively increase flexible work arrangements in a way that we would never have forecast years ago. Mm. Mm. And that opens up this whole new possibility, I think, in the next five years, if we can continue this possibility where we can work flexibly and it allows this freedom for parents to step into to do school drop-off. And I was driving into an office a couple of weeks ago and had a real moment. I was going to arrive, did the kids' school drop-off and I was arriving at the office at 10 a.m. And I had this moment thinking, pre-COVID, I would have been sweating bullets. I would have just mm-hmm. been feeling so awkward walking into that office thinking, you know, ready for the jokes, mate, you've done a half day, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think about it. Post-COVID, it's like, no, we all work flexibly through the night. We've got a laptop. We're working at home. And mm. the fact I'm in an office is, you know, something. Mm. Um, so, there is this, there's, there's a change of foot and we're seeing it like you're saying at the park with the dads nodding to each other, which wouldn't have happened a generation ago. Fast forward 10 years, maybe it'd be even more common. Um, well, that's that's be. the hope, isn't it, that it'll become the point where it, it's not um, remarkable. It's just, um, you know, yeah, you get the knowing nod, but it shouldn't be sort of considered anything um, remarkable. And um, you mentioned the work context there of, you know, um, having the flexibility around work to do your um, fathering responsibilities. Yeah. That's another area where there's probably still a disparity um, between um, culturally what's sort of expected or accepted um, between mums and dads in the workplace. Um yeah, I know that's an area you guys are looking at a lot. So, what what are you sort of seeing in the the workspace, and is that is that leading or trailing what's happening in you know the rest of the world? 
Yeah, so there there are countries where it's they're more advanced than we are here. It's it's a really interesting space, Scott. That what's going on in the workplace, and that's why the fatherhood. That's why we've really swung to focus. We think the change is going to spring out of the workplace. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've, we're really focusing on getting into organisations and running workshops and seminars and and talking about the opportunity that dads have. So. There's, um, it's it's complex, but there's some really fantastic flexible work arrangements off again off the back of COVID that's happening and parental leave schemes that organisations are putting in. Um, again, we're not there. The, the the opportunities for that kind of flexibility and and leave arrangements for everyone, there's still some work to be done. But there's lots of organisations that are doing really great things. In those organisations where the where the leave is there, there's a, there's a new challenge emerging, and that is that dads aren't taking it. Mm. And then we could spend many hours unpacking why. <laughs> uh, we answer there why. And what we, we love actually going to workplaces and having little dad chats where we talk to them about it and unpacking, and it's different culturally, but there are some similar things. Well, why, why can we make it nice and safe and speak honestly? And so why aren't we doing it? And it's quite interesting. And some of the reasons are the role modeling that we've had for generate, we're, we're, we're dealing with generation after generation of role modeling. And, mm. um, and that kind of thing. I know it kicked in for me when I had my first daughter a decade ago. I must provide. Um, that just sort of kicked in immediately. And often we think, well, generally we think providing means being financially secure uh, and sort of putting a roof above the head and food on the table. Uh, but, yeah, provision can mean so much more nowadays, emotional support, all sorts of stuff, physical presence is what providing can mean. So I think there's some really good opportunity for us as dads to reframe what it means to provide for mm-hmm. our family. It doesn't mm-hmm. just mean what it used to mean, which was provide do- dollars. Um, so the, there's a bit of fear out there amongst dads in our DNA in what we've seen in generations before us of, oh, I can work flexibly and oh, I'm not going to lose my job and there's fear there's this fear and I understand it I've lived it oh I'm going to turn up like well that looked like I'm not trying as hard as the guy sitting next to me and maybe I won't get that job opportunity or the promotion on my head we first in the chopping blocks there's fear around that so we need to make it really safe for parents and as we're talking about dads today for dads to step into these leave opportunities and feel like they're not going to be disadvantaged and mm-hmm. feel like that'll make them better employees and we need to show organizations really great forward move forward thinking organizations are coming to us at the fatherhood and saying can you role model that can you hero some dads of ours that are taking parental leave and show how they're going well in their career because we really want to encourage this change um so yeah there's still a lot of work to be done there mm-hmm. um and in many ways for any dads out there listening now that might be thinking about themselves we think there's a bit of truth in getting out of our own way and i know i've had that myself and you're going to look hard and go well is it my organisation that's stopping me leaving early to do school pickup one or two nights a week? Or is it me? Mm. And who has actually said to me that I can't do it? And I know for myself, I've, I've put, a, put those expectations on myself and kind of blame the work. Oh, I can't leave early because I won't like it at work. Well, maybe we're, maybe we're in our own way on that. And maybe mm. we can speak to our bosses and say, look, if I got out of here at 2.30 a couple of days a week, would that be okay if I pick up emails later on tonight? And I'd be betting most bosses say go for it. So um, we're trying to be open up those conversations to get us all thinking about how we can seize this opportunity that we have. Because one thing that the dads tell us when we do these groups is off the back of the flexible work arrangements thrust upon us through COVID, 
number, like it's the the majority say, I'm not going back. I now do school pickups and it's the best hour of my week, that um, mundane drive to and from school. <laughs> I'm not giving it back. So once yeah. you've done it, you don't want to give it back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's encouraging everyone. So that's what we do in workplaces, encouraging dads. Okay. Firstly, the workplaces to shift the culture, but the dads to step into it too. Yeah, great. That's, that's a really, really great cause. Um and what about with um, what you've learned over the eighteen months? I guess with some of the content you've been producing, what what are what are dads engaging with? What are some of the key um, issues or topics that are sort of topical or most um, most popular on on your website? Yeah, for sure. So we we find, and maybe it's a little bit of the, <laughs> that's the way we go about things yeah. as fellas. We find that it's. As much as we're making the side a pat on the back and um, a celebration of modern dad life, dads come to us to help fix problems and want practical tools on how to do stuff. Uh, we don't read the big long textbook. We read the short article with the five bullet points that say, give me five tips on how to solve this problem. So the, the stuff that is really um, hitting home the strongest on our site is things around problem issues. Like I'm a new dad. How do I solve sleep issues? How do I deal with... Um, lack of sex in a relationship or the change in my relationship more broadly in those early years. How do I deal with divorce is a huge one. Mm. Um, so these kind of key challenge moments where they're mm. looking for advice and hacks. And we, as you say, we we scatter it in with humour and we scatter mm. it in with inspiration. Um, but it's that's the stuff that it's hitting the mark the most is help, help me through this, give me some tips to get through. Yeah, fix fix a problem. Help me fix a problem. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah that's it. Okay. And what about your own um, fatherhood story, Jeremy? I'd be interested in hearing. I know you've got. I think you've got three daughters, right? But three, um, yes, I do. Yeah. What's your own um, story? How's it been? Oh, it's it's been amazing. Like it's um it is as everyone knows, totally life changing. I've got three daughters. They're ten, eight, and five years old. Wow. Um, and it's turned my life on its head in, in in amazing ways, in ways you just never expect. I work much more flexibly now um, because I want to be around. And so all three of us at the fatherhood have shifted our work um, to be uh, around and involved in our kids' life. And uh, for me, if, if anything, if I had a, if I was looking back over my last ten years and was going to give myself some coaching advice, and maybe from dads out there, what we talk about with the fatherhood a bit is. Fill your own cup up first. Like it shifted my life so much that I think I've sometimes left myself behind, you know, kind yeah. of um, not making time for exercise or I like playing guitar, not making time to play music and these <laughs> things that fill our souls and make us feel alive. They've certainly, and that's realistic, they're going to drop off a little bit when we're busy as working dads and uh, those things drop off. But um, Becoming a father's year turned my life on its head in an amazing way. But if I had my time again, I would have allowed it more time for my, I would have made more time um, for those social connections. We know are so important, you know, catching up with your mates for a coffee or a walk around the park or a beer might seem selfish, but it's not at all. It's actually really good for you. It's really good for your family because it gives you a little tag out. Um, so, yeah, it's turned my life on its head in an amazing way and I've learned so much and still learning so much. Each year there's new challenges, as we all know. They keep growing. Things change. Um, no, it's okay. a really good point you make around the the self care. Um, it's it's very common. Um, it's one of the common issues that gets raised um, in some of the dad groups I'm in. Is sort of dads, or even just what I've observed. You know, dads two or three years into their journey, and they've sort of uh, put all their effort into 
family and career usually um, and, yeah. and neglected um, themselves a little bit. And, yeah, it's getting over that uh, fear of appearing selfish um, because, as you said, it's, it's actually the opposite of selfish. It's allowing you to be a, a better dad, a better partner, um, a, a, a more um, engaged um, person in those relationships, but it takes a little bit of uh, looking after yourself to get there. So, um, yeah. yeah, that that took you a while to um, to get that it balance did. right, did it? Yeah. It did, yeah. And obviously in the early years when they're really young and you're in that blur and they're not sleeping, it's tough as. Oh. I was actually looking at some videos on my phone of the kids when they were young the other day showing my girls now they're older, hmm. they're sort of baby videos, and it takes you back to when they're screaming in the house all the time and mayhem and nappies everywhere. I mean, it's tough. And so it's pretty hard at that stage of um, of the family life. It's tough to go. Oh, I'm just going for a run. See ya. Or I'm yeah. going out. It's, yeah. it's, that's a that's a hard conversation to have. Um, yeah. But still, if you you're, if if you're with a partner or on your own, finding someone to help out or with a partner, tagging each out each other out a bit, as you say, it's not selfish. And um, if I had my time, I mean, now that the girls are a bit older, it's easy to make that time uh, for yourself. But yeah, I think that's something that all of us as parents, um, because we're so hard on ourselves often as humans and want to do the best. It's coming from a really beautiful place. Mm. The guys listening to this podcast are wanting to be great dads. They're wanting to be the best dads they can. And it certainly took a bit of rewiring in me to go, oh, for me to be a great dad, I need to be a good in myself. I need to feel mm. good. And that takes some time for myself. So for me, give you like I'm in, in Melbourne, urban surf, this surf park's opened up and I love it. My mates and I go there. It's just um, one hour of me time and I absolutely love it. Like something like that, I just highly recommend you get out, do a bit of exercise, get in the water. Makes you Mate, feel amazing. Urban surf. I've seen um, videos and uh, social posts. I haven't been there myself, but um, talk us through it. So it's a uh, yeah, this is a relatively new um, concept in Melbourne. Yes, it's in Tullamarine, so just near the airport. Don't. It's one of those topics. Don't get me started. Um, okay. Yeah, it's this enormous pool basically where these waves are generated by this wave generating machine on two sides and the waves are quite big. And so you can, in the, it's in these hour slots and the waves are in an hour, they'll be like, there's different levels, there's intermediate, there's advanced, another level. So you you pick your level that you're at. Hmm. And so, and you're in this queue, so you're not competing for waves. So it's got this fantastic energy about the place because you're there with all these people. You're not competing for waves. You're in a queue and you go in and get your wave and then go to the back of the queue. <laughs> um and so, yeah, the waves are totally predictable. They t- yeah. take off from the same spot every time. So it's great. You go and catch 10 waves in an hour. If I yeah. went for a surf at a beach, I wouldn't catch 10 waves in a week. Uh, that's the thing with surfing, isn't it? You spend so much time trying to get out there, get into the right position, and then you you miss the wave or there's too many people on it. You can you can spend an hour and not catch a wave. So uh, talk about um, an efficient way to get your surfing in. So 10 waves in an hour. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah, you're not driving to the beach and you, go, yeah. you finally drive down there and the wind's swung around. It's on. There's no yeah. waves anyway. It's on shore. There you go. There the waves are guaranteed. And how's the water temperature? Oh, and that's the other issue in Melbourne, isn't it? So how's the water temperature out at uh, Tullamarine? It's freezing this time of year. Yeah. Interestingly, the wave, the um, pool temperature fluctuates more than the ocean because it's a smaller body of water. So yeah. in summer it gets it warms up quickly, yeah. but in winter it gets pretty cold. So it's pretty chilly out there this time of year. Okay. Um, so you're still in your wetsuits as you stand Oh, there. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, that's, that's my little thing I'm really enjoying at the moment. And, yeah. again, it doesn't take half a day or a full day. I can knock it over in couple of hours and so i certainly feel more alive when yeah. i come home 
That's awesome. That's awesome, Jeremy. Um, the other one I wanted to ask you about, because you mentioned um, a, a lot of divorce dads are coming to your site for, um, you know, advice, and, and that seems to be a point in a lot of men's life where they're like, gee, they just want to reach out to other guys who have been through it as well. Yeah. What What is the advice that you're giving to um, divorce dads in particular about how they sort of approach fatherhood post-divorce? Yeah, it's a that's a really big question. I've I've been th- been through a marriage separation myself, um, so I'm living it personally, and so I feel it pretty strongly. Um, and it's it's increasingly common out there. Um, so this, I think that's the that's the heart of the issue. Is there's no simple solution. It's such a complex scenario to go through. It really does turn every aspect of your life on its head: financial access to your kids, your primary relationship, a lot of friendships. All these things get blown up. Uh, well, certainly up, uh, there's a lot of upheaval uh, where you live, all sorts of stuff. So it's tackling each of those things and there's, mm. there's, there's tips around all of them. Um, but what we do find, and you mentioned it there, I've been, I've been chatting to the other fatherhood guys. It's almost like a daisy chain. It's a really beautiful thing, I think. People that have been through it want to help other people because it's really hard. And there's this community that I'm in, uh, which isn't an organised community, but someone's like, oh, I know someone who's been through that. I'll introduce you to them. And then you mm-hmm. kind of help each other along the path and mm-hmm. almost drag each other forward through what is a difficult time. So there's people that are more recently separated than I am and I'm talking to them to help them through that, the early components. And there's people that are further down the path than me that are sort of grabbing my hand and helping me through it. And we do that with the fatherhood as well. So it's just it's sharing stories and perspectives and tips again, like I said earlier, simple tips of how to get through and, and what can be quite complex. And so little, like as things as simple as each day at a time, like at that point where um, – Three out of four separations are called by women, not 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 the men. Okay. And so often it's a su- often it's a surprise to men. Mm. Um, they might have seen it coming, but they weren't the instigator, and that leads to a whole different emotional recovery because often the person that decided to separate has done their processing earlier. They've decided the relationship's over, mm. so it can come as a shock to the person that's receiving it. So it's really simple tips on in just as an example. And that scenario is just each day at a time. You've got to you'll get through the the waves are really big at the moment. The emotional waves are huge. They won't go away, but they're going to get smaller and just each day at a time. Um, little tips like that can see people through that what feels like an unbearable pain. Um, and when you talk to people and hear perspectives of people that have been through it and many years down the track are really happy and thriving and their lives are really good, it helps get people through that point where they feel like the pain's almost unbearable. So there's lots of different, there's lots of different really important work there, I think, to help people through that. Yeah, it's like any any form of um, grief, I guess. You've got to give it time to um, to process and, and time to heal, but um, that that must be encouraging when you see dads further down the track who are, um, you know, in a better place perhaps and, than they were. And, and a lot of dads will, will say that. A lot of um, divorced or separated dads will say, um, yeah, it, looking back, it was the right thing at the time. Uh, it was hard to get through, but I'm, I'm better for it. Um, yeah. That must be, that must help a lot as you're going through it to be able to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, for sure. Uh, absolutely. So I think that helps a lot. Another thing, in a lot of, like I like say, grief and difficult emotional times, there's layers of emotion sitting on top of each other and it's hard to pick them apart. There's right. fear, there's sadness, there's anger, um, there's shame. 
like I had that, like my fa- my relationships failed. I yeah. failed my kids. Well, that kind of stories we're telling ourselves. So to be able to pull those things apart and attack them individually, like the shame one, we've been talking to me and Luke and Andrew about how we address that one. And I was watching the footy on the weekend, Nathan Buckley, fantastic coach in, um, in the back of my mind. Well, he's gone through a separation. Yeah, it's all right, you know, kind of by realising you're in good company, mate. It's all right, you know, you don't need to be shy. So it's sort of addressing each of those emotions, pulling, well, what's driving that? Mm. Okay, well, there's this shame. Well, there's some very wonderful, successful people out there that have been through this. You're not on your own. And so for me, that's been a powerful one of addressing that, Mm. where often we're hard on ourselves and we go, oh, I failed. Well, Mm. no, you haven't. Mm. Um, It's a a bit of a rebirth in lots of ways. Um, So that's what we try and do, pull those, because that's one thing personally from my experience that I found really hard is, lots of emotions sitting on top of each other and you end up just feeling a bit crap. Yep. <laughs> it's like, and that's an, under, that's an understatement. Right. I've rounded off the edges. You're feeling really, really, really crap yep. underneath layers of emotion and then you go, right, what are they? Isn't that a, um, a typical bloke way of describing an emotion? I feel crap. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I just feel crap. Well, hang on a minute. What is it? Uh, I'm pretty angry about that and I've uh, got a lot of shame about that and yeah. I'm really shitting myself about how I'm going to pay the mortgage now the finances have been blown up and just uh, there's lots of things that are layered on top of each other. It's all um, going on. Yeah. No, all thanks all Thanks for sharing that, Jeremy. That's some re- really um, open of you and it, it, it helps other dads. Um, listen, let's let's lighten it up a little bit. The, you mentioned um, Bandit, Bluey's dad, as one yep. um uh, I guess, role model um, for dads out there. Yeah. Who are some of the other um, famous dads that we can sort of draw inspiration from, do you think, um, cartoon or otherwise? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Bandit is a ripper um, because what we try to do with the fatherhood is not hero any particular dad. Like, yeah. I mean, in our book there's a bunch of celebrities because people are interested in celebrities' perspectives and celebrity stories. But yeah. yeah. We believe being parents is a real leveler. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of it doesn't matter what's on your business card or what movie you're featuring or actually what's in your I mean, it helps to have more money in your bank balance, but you still got the same challenges of sleep deprivation or when they get about older fighting um screen time. And yeah. there is actually a story in that Andrew, one of the fatherhood guys, without name dropping, he was on a boat with Chris Hemsworth and Matt Damon. Yep. talking about dad's stories and that was his he came off it and went wow wow they've got exactly the same challenges as me these yep. kind of movie celebrity rock stars mm-hmm. um so yeah that i wouldn't pick a name actually yeah mm-hmm. so I, I think there's a maybe if i was going to say anything and it sounds a bit cheesy but i'd say the kind of i love what's going on around us i'm really excited by i don't know i don't have a good label for it, it might be able to help me scott like the the modern dad, the hands-on dad, the mm. 2021 dad that's out there. Yeah, yeah. But I believe we've got no scoreboard of success. You know, it, it was simpler a generation ago where you were the provider. Make enough money. You're doing a good job. Good yeah. on your dad. Yeah. Now it's not that. We've got all these opportunities, which sounds good in theory, but it's pretty complicated. I often felt like, I don't know if we're winning or not. Get to the end yeah. of the day, you're like, I don't know. The kids that survive, I don't know. So if I had a, it's sort of all of us at the moment. I think it's great. It's exciting. But um I'm inspired by what I see with you walking down the street with your pram and your yeah. bugaboo or whatever it's called. It's yeah. strapped to the front of you. Yeah. 
That's no, the gender style. roles are changing. I tell you, the other thing I noticed when I was out the other day, it's, you know, we've just been in lockdown in Melbourne, so the only exercise you could sort of do was um, close to home. But I, I, in the same um, walk around the block, I saw two dads um, kicking the football with their daughters. Um, and I thought, well, that's a change in my lifetime that um, girls are out there kicking footies now and and. Um, my niece, for example, is playing Australian rules football. It's like, you know, the roles are changing um, for kids as well in terms of what's acceptable or expected of um, guys and it's girls. Enormous. So, yeah. It's so ice. Like yeah. as a father of three girls, we're sitting here on the weekend watching the footy and I was trying to explain to them how rapid that change, that is the AFL women's has been fantastic to the point that my girls, which is such a good reflection on the change and how it's impacting them, they said, Dad, why do we watch more boys' footy than girls? Like, what? And they, like, for them, they're like, and it's a fair question. And so I sort of tried to answer the, the rapid change we've seen. And maybe in years to come, it'll become more balanced, though. But it's sort of trying to explain the default in history has been watching the blokes play footy. Um, but it's a huge change out there. Um, like you're saying, it's great. Yeah. And it can, I mean, it can take time or it can happen quickly. And, um, you know, there's examples there where, you know, in, in our lifetimes, there's been um, rapid change like that. So maybe, maybe this um, fatherhood transition we've been talking about is, um, you know, not as far away as we think before it just becomes um, more common. Yeah. Like I think, yeah, all the things you're saying feed into the mix. After, mm. So there's uh, this. Mix up. And one thing that we're talking about in the workplace support thing, and it sounds pretty brutal, but we're saying it for that reason, is until it becomes unremarkable for men to play an equal role in domestic life, Mm. it will remain remarkable for women to have true equality in the workforce. Mm. And we actually, I really believe that because while there's this unspoken gender bias towards, oh, mum will pick up the kid when they're sick because that. Dad'll stay at work, and even at the primary school that my kids are at now, the prime, the key name as a contact is the mum. They mm. go to the mum first. There's this gender bias, mm. and um, whilst that's the case, it's holding women back professionally because in the workplace there's this kind of leaning towards men. So, um, but we're moving forward really quickly. So, mm. yeah, when you're seeing girls kicking the footy and all these things happening out there, and um, fast forward ten years, who knows what it's going to look like? But I think yep. we'll see some really positive change. No, it's great. It's really, um, it's a really good conversation and really great work you guys are doing at the fatherhood. So um, appreciate you coming on on the show and sort of telling us a bit more about that and your story. Um, That's a pleasure. Just remind the dads listing um, where they can uh, find out more about about you. Yeah, so we're on the web. We're at um, www.the-father-hood.com. Um, and then there's the socials in Instagram and Facebook where they're posting all the time. Well, there's actually a there's a newsletter that we send out so you can chuck your email address in on the website. But um, yeah, we'd love anyone to check it out and hopefully, yeah. hopefully they get something useful from the content. Cool. I'll put I'll put links to all of that in in the show notes, Jeremy. And and um, just reminding anyone involved with businesses, that's that's what you're sort of focusing on now as well. That you can get out and talk to um, businesses about some of these issues. So um, I guess that's the other area. Um, to. Yeah, so they can reach out via the website or find me on LinkedIn or anything. Yeah, but that's what we're focusing on now. So thanks to anyone out there that wants to drive some change in their workplace, we can come in and have some pretty interesting chats. Yeah, I bet you do. Thanks so yeah. much, Jeremy. <laughs> uh, again, apologies for making you wait, but uh, we got there in the end. So well done. No worries at all. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. Bye. That was another episode of the Dad Train podcast. I hope you enjoyed that discussion and learned something new. 
You can find the show notes for this and all previous episodes at thedadtrain.com slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to support it, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts if you're able to, and spread the word to other dads who may be interested. If you'd like to learn more or to get in touch, you can visit the website, which is thedadtrain.com, or follow me on social media at thedadtrain. Thanks for listening to the show. I do really appreciate your support. I'll be back next week with another episode, but until then, good luck on your journey to be a better man, a better partner, and a better dad. I'm Scott Davison, and you've been listening to The Dad Train.